This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Our time is six minutes after two o'clock. Welcome to the third hour of uh, the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7. It's our last hour uh, together uh, this morning and we're looking forward uh, to just going into this Thursday, the last stretch of the show uh, in uh, this particular uh, section between now two o'clock and 2.30 with Daniel Mukwela. He is the facilitator and member of organization Dance in the Picture. Uh, we're speaking parenting uh, this morning especially looking at really what came out of that uh, court case. I was shocked. I was like, I need a little bit of clarity in terms of what happened here. And if indeed someone can get arrested and be charged uh, for not allowing uh, the other parent access to uh, their child. So here I'm talking about a case of a Pretoria mother uh, that has been jailed for not allowing the father of a child to have access to the child. So this morning we'll go into this particular matter speak custody and maintenance and break it down in terms of uh, this lady that was sentenced to prison uh, and and just try uh, to understand and uh, school and educate uh, parents here in terms of issues of co-parenting how it works and how then uh, you really must work around ensuring that you don't uh, find yourself in this mother's position so we are on 0861987000 this morning with Daniel we're also there by X we go by at Power FM and nine eight seven. That's where you find us reading behind uh, the hashtag uh, Power Zone. Uh, Daniel, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Katleho, and good morning to the listeners of Power FM. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Ntetemukwena, for giving us your time uh, this morning. I mean, this is a unique case. Uh, it was the first time uh, that I came across a case of this nature. Usually you just see parents taking each other to a court in terms of maintenance and one having to really adhere to their obligations here. Or often you would see parents saying that we are co-parenting, we're no longer together, uh, but we are there for the young one. Uh, so also uh, issues of uh, element to the blocking of access to the young one is also not unique uh, because there would be those cases why then uh, even uh, these matters end up in the courts is because maybe you'll find that there's one parent uh, that is not coming to the party or, or there's something of uh, that particular nature. But here I'll be seeing this Pretoria mother has been sentenced to jail for not allowing uh, their father access uh, to the young one. Uh, give us a sense of what your understanding is of this particular case? Well, thank you very much, Katlejo. I think it's a very uh, unfortunate um, and very unpleasant um, situation, particularly because it involves a minor child, you know. Um, and then, uh, but it also sets a precedence, um, you know, to, to say that uh, in most cases, uh, women, you know, sometimes wants to use the children, you know, as an object to fight their issues between their partners. And in the long run, that then affects the development of the child. And, you know, I think uh, this court judgment on itself is centered around how, as a society, um, we could, uh, you know, think progressively in terms of how um, we, we, we could use the resources, you know, both, um, you know, uh, um, family resources and legal resources to try and resolve matters 
in a way that uh, could uh, not affect the development of, of the child. So it's, it's a very good uh, uh, judgment that sets a very good precedence and then protects the, the, the rights and the responsibilities of the father. Mm. I mean, also, when you look at it, then I love the fact that you started it by saying uh, at the end of the day, we should not forget that there's a young one here who's in the center of all of these backs and forths, the to and fro's. And we tend to uh, forget that as parents. Hence, uh, you know, we end up even taking each other to court uh, because we no longer are seeing eye to eye. We seeing the court. It's a landmark ruling. Uh, when you look at it, uh, 12 months is what she uh, got uh, this mother uh, for denying mm. access to the child. I mean, uh, this uh, was saying, and they're saying that uh, she really got uh, this charge because uh, she really avoided or uh, two, there were two court orders, right, that were issued mm. in this particular matter. She avoided these, uh, you know, court orders. And also here we're seeing a father uh, practicing his right uh, to approach the courts and, uh, you know, more or less rope in the law to try and by all means to give access or to get access to uh, the young one. I mean, here uh, often you would see uh, parents or even fathers not being the ones that are more pushing like this. But here we mm. see a little bit of a difference where this father is concerned. Who should actually be a prime example of how fathers should behave in having or wanting to be access or to be accessible to their children and having access to their own children as well? Mm-hmm. A very important um, uh, thing is that, uh, you know, um, we use the word custody, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's a, it's a very difficult word for me to, um, to use in, in, in this matter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, uh, access and, and contact to, to, to a child, I mean, uh, thousands, if not millions of fathers in South Africa um, are really going through this uh, frustration of not having access to their children, and 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 this leads to children, you know, um, uh, you know, living uh, with the idea that their 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 fathers are absent in their lives, and then the, the primary care, you know, uh, is only the mother who is always, um, uh, you know, thinking about uh, the maintenance aspect of, 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 of the development of the child mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the money and, you know, resources to support the child. But, I mean, you know, this judgment really is a clear example, you know, of uh, the frustration that men go through in having access to their children and contact with their children, you know. And, you know, it would, you know, also, um, you know, set a very good uh, platform, um, you know, for government to do more work, you know, um, to educate both men and women about their responsibilities and their rights, uh, you know, that can help them to, to, to be present and to become better parents, you know, and, and uphold those responsibilities, you know, of, of, of co-parenting. So I think, you know, uh, both both traditional methods of uh, family networks as well as, you know, um, you know, uh, any form of mediation is necessary, you know, to avoid unnecessary delays that would lead to, you know, children um, living without uh, uh, their parents, both their parents. And I think, you know, it is important that um, uh, this case is not only viewed from an aspect of, you know, the punishment that is given to a woman, but it also, you know, uh, it, it becomes a sort of a, 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 
a catalyst in how as a society have um, uh, viewed or, or centered this uh, uh, parenting, co-parenting, just around you know the idea of um, uh, providing auxiliary support, you know, in terms of uh, helping the mother with money and and, and, and and such things, you know. So I think it's important that this case can be used as a as a uh, uh, as almost like a, a case study, like you put it, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 support, you know, a, any form of mediation that should happen to avoid, uh, you know, this unpleasant and unnecessary uh, order uh, to enable the child to also have both parents in in their lives, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that uh, we look at it in that aspect and not just in a form of uh, the punishment that has been um, uh, given to the mother. Yeah, I mean, also, when you look at it, uh, there's no doubt that this is one case that would uh, more or less be referred to as we go along because it's a unique case. I mean, usually uh, we see people taking each other to maintenance court uh, for others uh, to actually uh, fulfill their duties and uh, their likes in in this regard. But here uh, we're seeing Mm. a unique one where this Mm. mother is getting uh, 12 months. Maybe give us a sense uh, then, uh, Daniel, of uh, what, what should be the practical way of going about it when we've separated i mean really when you look at it uh, some may come through as a matter of having slept together once off we don't have a relationship but we only just uh, you know had sex and then there was a baby that came in uh, and, and and others it's a matter of having been in a relationship for years and then we separate and then there's still like now there's now a baby in between uh, and, and they have to uh, really now ensure that this this parenting things uh, the, the the child has access to both parents and their likes because they were united before and now they've separated maybe give us a sense of how practically this should work uh, when we've separated uh, in the best interest of the young one of course well very important uh, in any uh, conflict or separation uh, you know uh, i think what should happen is the voice of the child should be heard and considered, you know. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned that um, um, any form of mediation, you know, in the traditional sense, families would come together uh, and, and try and see how best they could support both partners, whether they were just a girlfriend or they were in a, you know, marriage uh, arrangement, to see how best they could support that, um, uh, uh, you know, that child, uh, and I mean, in this case, we are talking about a minor child who um, supposed to be uh, with both parents, and uh, you know, who's not even supposed to be involved in the in the conflict or the dispute that would even lead to the court and all the unnecessary, you know, um, um, uh, uh, you know, legal conflicts that that they they, they the parents now have to experience. So I think in most cases, we just look at, uh, you know, like you say, if the relationship was really like a long-term relationship or it was just, an, you know, a situation where a child happened to be born and uh, the relationship was not necessarily something that, you know, was, um, was, was something that was going to, um, uh, you know, make the, the upbringing and the, the development of the child in, in the process. 
But uh, when conflicts happen, the voice of the child is not heard, is not considered, you know. And I think that in this particular judgment is something that, that I think um, uh, set a very good example and a precedence that uh, 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 social development and Department of uh, Justice should consider uh, mediation between both partners, whether they are married or they are just in casual relationship, uh, as to how they uh, could co-parent and how they could uh, uh, try to avoid situations where now the mother has to be sentenced into a jail term and the child is going to, you know, uh, suffer that trauma again of having an absent mother, you know, after a very long or prolonged absence of the father. So I don't think in any way we should just look at the relationship aspect. We should also consider the voice of the child. Mm. I wanted to go there, all right, to say as we we talk about considering uh, the uh, voice of the child or even their being or the state and how they're affected by uh, all of this, maybe give us a sense of uh, how then we find uh, the young one being impacted uh, by this. So even uh, the issue of a young one uh, being raised by one parent over the other, uh, because we often hear that uh, there is a gap there. Hence, then you see the importance of uh, the roles that parents, both of them, will need to play in the development of the young one uh, to avoid issues mm. like when you are old and we like you're acting in a certain way and we're saying, hey, Daniel, you have daddy issues, uh, baby, because you did mm. not have a father and the like. Maybe give us a sense of the importance of actually ensuring that the young one is protected uh, when all of these backs and forths are happening between uh, the parents. Well, look, uh, I think uh, uh, at the moment we're just looking at it from a, um, you know, the financial implications that, you know, uh, could have cost the father uh, in the two years that he's been, uh, uh, you know, battling with the legal um, uh, uh, institutions to try and have access and contact with the child. But at the end of the day, I think the development of a child depends on both parents in terms of the, the emotional development. But also, like, uh, I see that, uh, you know, the father has been there to try and be consistent with, you know, the financial support, um, not necessarily for the mother, but, I mean, for the child. And, and I think that is important that at the end of the day, we look into, uh, as a society, uh, to be precise, we look into how, as as, as fathers and as 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 uh, as, as mothers, we uh, uh, could avoid um, to uh, raise children in an arrangement that only focuses on their material needs, but also consider their emotional development. Because, as you say, at the later stage when you have attained all the things that are, you know, were, you know, supposedly to be necessary uh, to, to make you a man or a better woman in society, you still find that you still suffer that child trauma because both parents, whether the mother or the father, were not there to, you know, to, to help you develop emotionally and uh, to be able to, you know, uh, be able to stand on your own at, a, at, a, at, a, at an adult stage. So it's important uh, that, uh, you know, as, as a society, we begin to uh, 
look at things in a way that uh, supports the child both psychologically, emotionally, but also very importantly uh, financially because there was an, a maintenance aspect here which was very key and, and the father was very consistent in making sure that you know, the child has that, you know, financial support so that, you know, the child cannot see his absence. But I feel like the father did a great, you know, job in terms of like, not just uh, saying that um, anywhere I'm I'm, I'm putting money into this child's life, you know, but he was like, I can also be there for the child emotionally and I want to be there to also add, you know, uh, in terms of the, the, the values that I would expect this child to grow up with so that when they are in an adult stage, they could be able to stand on their own. Mm, yeah, no, that is very, very important uh, because, uh, like I said, uh, or, or maybe give us a sense or a, a sense of uh, what this does to the young one when one parent is not available, and maybe also give us a sense of what can parents do. You know, when you are in a situation whereby you are a single mom, not by choice, but you also still need this child not to grow up having daddy issues. Mm. Look, I'll be honest with you. I think there's more that can be done if uh, we could cultivate this idea of co-parenting, you know, um, and be able to understand the importance of being a present parent and not only be there because you are being coerced into a relationship or there are, you know, matters of, you know, society ex- expectations, you know, in terms of you keeping into that relationship just because you uh, want to be perceived as someone who is uh, married or you want to be seen as somebody who has, is organized around family, uh, you know, lifestyle. But, you know, what's the most important thing, again, uh, is to look at, uh, you know, the, the interest, the best interest of the child. And the best interest of the child is, is normally... Uh, to have uh, support from both parents, you know. Uh, uh, and parents can be actively involved in their children if, uh, you know, there are support systems around them that can enable them to exercise those responsibilities. But if those uh, uh, support systems are not there, then we just look at it as uh, who is responsible for the primary care of the child and what the other party has to play in terms of, you know, uh, maintaining those responsibilities. But the child ends up being neglected in the process of their emotional development, psychological development, and at the end, you know, we end up now approaching the courts only for one aspect, and that that aspect does not necessarily, you know, provide that support system. You know, it only provides... A judgment which in this case now will also affect the child it's a very traumatic experience if you grow up you know uh, within that conflict and uh, and you are expected to you know um, just understand that for for this moment you are without your father you know and then the next thing for the next 12 months you are now going to be without your your your, your mother you know so it's, it's it's a very complex situation on its own but I think uh, there is more work that can be done, you know, uh, between 
you know, government departments, you know, um, uh, to, to support families, to support parents in order to, for them to be well equipped in terms of understanding their responsibilities as well as the rise of the children. Mm. What do you understand then, Daniel, as the considerations that are taken by the courts when they determine how much one should pay for maintenance? Because, uh, you know, I think I came across a post uh, on social media where someone was slamming the 500 rand. I think someone was also slamming the 1.5, saying that, I mean, in this day and age, in this economy, what can 500 rand really do for one what can 1.5 really do for one and when you look at it then you also look at the lifestyle of the father that is paying this 500 rand you can see there is one person that pops bottles and the like it's not like his person someone that is struggling uh, but this is what uh, the court managed to determine so how, how do they get to uh, that particular figure uh, what, what are the considerations according to your understanding well, it depends on uh, each case, uh, you know, and, and its merit, you know. Uh, so that can only be determined uh, by, by the court. And in this case, uh, I did not thoroughly understand what the, the mother's contribution was in terms of raising the child. But generally, I think what needs to happen is to look at the needs of the child you know, and how those needs can be met between both parents, you know, because, you know, if uh, when when separation and conflict happen, uh, in most cases, if there is a minor child involved, the child ends up staying with the mother. And then with the economic, you know, conditions of, of the mother, the father will then be expected to be the one who determines what the needs of the, I mean, you know, the needs of the child is. And according, you know, based on what they um, are able to contribute, you know, it becomes, you know, a sort of like, um, you know, a a, a normal determination by the court as to what the father could afford. But the most important thing, I think, is what their both parents, what their, their, their interest is in terms of wanting to see their child becoming, um, you know, um, whatever that they aspire to, uh, you know, for the child to be as, 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 as the one who had, um, I mean, as both of them are the ones who uh, understand their economic conditions, you know. So I don't think at the end of the day, the court should have the final say in terms of how much each could contribute. But it's very, you know, very disappointing that you say to see uh, one parent, I don't want to take sight in this matter to say only fathers could be popping out bottles in, you know, and, 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 and avoiding to contribute meaningfully into their children's life financially. Because also if you look at the social um, um, uh, safety net that the, the government provides to, to many, you know, young women in South Africa, and then you find that, you know, uh, this money, as little as 500 rand, is used for also, you know, their lifestyle in terms of their hair and, and their nails and all this, you know, semantics that the uh, women would prefer as opposed to, you know, um, supporting the child and making sure that the child achieves the best, you know, in terms of their upbringing and their, 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 their growth. So, it, 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 you know, it's a very um, complex situation in terms of how you could determine that. 
you know, uh, but I think that, uh, speaking from a father's point of view, it is very important for you to look at what you aspire for your child and, you know, do your best, do your best. And in this particular case that we're discussing here, Katleho, the father did their best to ensure that they were consistent, you know, with the, the development of the child and the needs of the child and what the child needs. But it's very unfortunate that even when they were doing that, they were still denied access. They were still denied contact with their children. And the mother, you know, who knows what the mother was doing with that um, um, uh, contribution that the father was, you know, was putting each and every month without any default, by the way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's important for us as a society to begin to reflect on how, uh, uh, you know, obviously now there's inflation, our economy is struggling, you know, the father would be also having other responsibilities that would require, for, for, you know, for him maybe to look, maybe the father has other children and they also equally have the right, you know, um, uh, to, 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 to be maintained and to be well looked after. So all those things can be considered, but at the end of the day, it's about looking at the best interest of a child by both parents and not only just looking at the father, but also, you know, what the mother contributes to to ensure that the child is well maintained. Yeah, no, uh, you know, well said. Uh, I mean, you've said a mouthful there uh, in terms of uh, obligations here and just balancing it and making sure that we really are also intentional about our roles in the lives of the young one. Maybe before we let you go uh, there, Daniel, give us a sense of how then as organization dads in the picture, how you can come through. Uh, maybe for, uh, you know, parents, maybe fathers even that are really really in a struggle right they're trying by all means to knock they're trying to have access to these young ones um uh, you know they are uh, paying for maintenance uh, and, and and the likes and even maybe to mothers that are saying that i'm here struggling alone i'm raising uh, this young one i need someone who's a father figure that can play that uh, you know role in terms of ensuring that uh, this young one doesn't grow up with all of these gaps how can you come through for them as dads in the picture well, look, um, the organization was founded on the basis of, you know, um, like-minded fathers who really saw the need for, for fathers in particular to play an active role in the lives of the children. And I'll be honest, I'll be, um, yeah, honest with you, what attracted me into uh, that in the picture is that we, we do not only look at, um, you, know, um, uh, you know, being active only for the, act, for, for the biological child, but you could be an uncle, you could be a brother, you could be, you know, um, a grandfather. Any form of support that you could, you know, uh, um, uh, put in terms of making, ensuring that the child who is in, 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 in you know, in your family uh, can be supported, I think it's very important that uh, we go back to the principle of Ubuntu, where we say that the child is raised by a village. If we could uphold that principle, Katleho, our society could become much more better, you know, uh, because it's not only fathers who are struggling economically, even mothers are struggling economically. But if we can look at ourselves as men and, and, and be able to say, what can I do to ensure that this child you know, uh, 
uh, has the benefits of being uh, in an environment that is nurturing, in an environment that is supportive so that they can also become better active citizens for, for society. You know, and I think that for me uh, is, is, is a highlight of what death in the picture can do is to assist fathers to become very active in the children's life, not only biological children, but, you know, um, children as a whole. And, and, and I think, you know, I speak here on behalf of fathers. I think mothers as well could have, you know, such forums and organizations that could also enable them to become, you know, you know supportive uh, structures that could ensure that children don't go without. You know, we, 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 we live in a society that uh, uh, we, uh, have a lot of children that are often children that do not have, you know, uh, biological parents, uh, and, and, and we need active citizens, you know, that could stand and say, I'm not going to let this child go without food. I'm not going to let this child be deprived education. You know, and I think organizations like that in the picture yeah. have encompassed that and made sure that, you know, we become active citizens and are able to uphold that principle of Ubuntu. Yeah. And, then, and I think that uh, for me, uh, you know, I could, you know, speak the whole day in terms of how much support mm. that in the picture gives to fathers like myself, yeah. uh, you know, to have access to therapeutic processes, legal uh, support if needs to be, so that every child can have, you know, um, a better life and be able to, to grow up without feeling that they are abandoned and neglected. Mm. I, I love that aspect, right, of uh, uh, just uh, it takes a village. Uh, I think as we were going along at some point, uh, we lost that little aspect of it takes a village mm. where then everyone mm. was just operating in silo. They, You know, it's, it's me and my family alone. So mm. maybe we need to go back to basics where that is concerned. I wanted to let you go, but we have a call here uh, from Jabu who wants to speak to you or uh, speak to us uh, this morning about what we're discussing uh, this as we wrap up, our guest Mukasa is also on standby. Uh, Jabu, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, uh, your guest. You know, uh, yes, just a quick one. Yeah. You know, this topic is very important, very very important, and very close to my heart mm. because it uh, actually talks to uh, children's act. Yeah. But I just want to give my contribution by saying to women, they must be very careful because uh, men do have maternal instincts. Mm. And the fundamental rights and the birth rights of a child must be observed at all, at all material times. And they mustn't use, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, children to fight uh, their uh, uh, battles and agendas and all of those things. Mm. You know, because children, uh, children's rights are very clear. Uh, children are, are very good as well as uh, at listening. Uh, 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 they are not good at listening to their elders, but they are very good at imitating them. So whatever imitation that you do, whether fighting, whether raising them up and all of those things, they are very good at coping. You mm, know? 
Yeah. Thank you very much, Katia. Yeah, no, uh, thank you very much for that, Jabu. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a young one that is in the middle of all of these things that are happening. And I, yeah, I, I, I think we, we really have to, uh, as we fight our battles, uh, take that into consideration. And that should actually kind of uh, guide us in terms of how then we should uh, behave ourselves uh, in the middle otherwise, of this young one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Katia, you mm. know, it's very sad that actually we have programs like Botatako and Kumbulekai. Mm. You know, this mm. is exactly what creates those programs mm. because you find that actually the child is now emotionally bankrupt and socially awkward when she grows up, you know. Mm. So we, we must try and avoid that. Hence, actually, you say it takes a village, you know, mm. to, to, to raise a child, actually. And, and it, it really, us, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to come in there to say it gives us a bad picture because also with these shows that you've uh, listed here, the face is black, right? It's a, there's a black face uh, there yes. uh, that kind of tells you that we have a little bit of a challenge where a black father's parenting are concerned here. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to go back to basics here and try to really be intentional about being there for our young ones in a way that we don't compromise them in their future because then you, the child grows up having trauma, you know, that they have to navigate throughout their lives that can even affect them being a parent as well uh, because mm. of the gaps that st- were started uh, from birth and all of these, uh, you know, clashes uh, that would exist bef- uh, between the parents. Uh, Jabu, thank you very much, man, for the call. Thank you very much, Katla. Yeah, no, thank you, sir. Jabu calling us there from Mamelodi. Uh, Daniel, you're parting short. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, it's very important for women to understand that uh, fathers are also needs to are also emotional and um, and and also uh, very much an important aspect of uh, the growth of the of the child. And you know, um, it, it's a very unfortunate situation that there has to be such a harsh punishment. You know, I'm not condoning that. You know, there should not be any consequences, you know, in terms of a person who is in contempt of the, you know, the law, you know, but I mean, I feel for the child that, you know, the children should not be, you know, experiencing such, uh, you know, um, dilemmas in their, you know, in their growth, in their development. So it's important that this case, this uh, judgment sets a very good precedence, and, and I think that, you know, um, more unnecessary delays can be avoided, you know, by just um, having those forms of mediation at an earlier stage, and then both uh, parents can uphold those uh, principles, and then we'll be able to have a better society going forward. Yeah, no, uh, Daniel, thank you very much, man, uh, for giving us your time, for helping parents as well uh, to get clarity. Before uh, we even say our, our part ways, how do people follow Des in the picture? Well, uh, we are on uh, all social net, uh, uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, search for uh, Dead in the Picture on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Uh, but also I will share the details with the uh, producer so you can share them online in terms of um, how uh, you can access us, you know, in the, in the geographical uh, context. So, uh, but we are yeah. all uh, on all social media platforms where you can uh, find us in the picture yeah. and we'll greatly appreciate uh, for people to visit those uh, platforms so that we can also like interact yeah, no, as a parent, you're not alone, uh, be it a mom or a dad. Uh, there's always someone there willing to help. Dad's in the picture. That's the organization. Daniel, thank you for your time.
Thank you very much, Katleho. Have a great morning. Same to you, sir. Daniel Mukwena coming through there as a facilitator and member of organization Dance in the Picture. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.